Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Support animals, companion animals, therapeutic animals, work animals. That's my topic. I just came back from a trip from France. In the airport, on the airplanes that I traveled, there were examples of this topic. People that would bring along with them small animals in little cages and little baskets and ways to uh, bring animals onto the airplane. In the airports, we saw a lot of people walking around, animal by side. As a therapist, I see many people who ask me to write a letter and to sign a document indicating that they need an animal to accompany them on the airplane. Or they need an animal to live with them in an apartment. Otherwise, the apartment owner would not allow them to have an animal. And so on. There are numerous opportunities for people to have animals. And um, there are various ways in which animals serve. In a good purpose, serve the needs of their owners or their companions. But there's a lot of issues that we have to consider when it comes to uh, support animals. And my, as a therapist, writing a letter on behalf of a patient saying that that animal is necessary and so they can get an extra seat on the airplane free or they can uh, get entrance into an apartment complex that otherwise would be not denied them and so on. Well, it caused me to give some thought to this and let me just identify three different kinds of animals first. Okay? Uh, relationships that we have with animals, and um, then we'll kind of go from there. First is the obvious one, okay? That's that's pretty straightforward and pretty obvious. We call these work animals. Now, work animals would be like a seeing eye dog, or an animal that hears um, when a person cannot hear. Uh, a person that needs an animal to uh, help them perform a particular task. So these are called work animals. They're especially trained. They serve a very particular function. And they are with their owner or companion 24 hours a day. These are work animals. <clears throat> now, almost always, work animals are allowed in the workplace. Restaurants, barbershops, uh, stores, airplanes, apartments. Uh, living complexes of various kinds, condominiums, and so on. Pretty much, we accept work animals for people that require a work animal. That's generally an obvious acceptance, and we have tolerance for that. And they're animals that are especially trained, so they're safe to be around people. They're not a threat or do not represent some kind of a... Um, unforeseen danger to other people. That's work animals. That's number one. So generally speaking, there's not a problem there. Number two is what we call therapy animals. Now a therapy animal is an animal that provides a particular function for an individual. A military person that's been in the war that now has post-trauma stress disorder, lives with a high degree of anxiety, lives with a high degree of irritability, anger, fear, uh, depression, 
And sometimes people like that require an animal to calm them down and to keep them in a little calmer state than they would be otherwise. Because otherwise they would become angry or they become threatening to other people. <clears throat> so we have these therapy animals because they provide, the animal provides therapy for the owner. Or it might be the person who has a social anxiety such as um, a social panic disorder of some kind. And that with an animal, an individual is able to go out socially that otherwise wouldn't be able to do so. Like social phobia or claustrophobia or something like that. A person can tolerate a situation with the animal that otherwise that person would become impaired and not be able to function. Would be housebound, basically. So we call these therapy animals. Therapy animals are usually somewhat trained, not as much as work animals. They are animals that are um, very special to the owner and uh, usually have a long-term relationship. And this animal usually senses whether the owner is anxious or not or needs help or not or needs a little closer companionship or not, whether there's fear there or not, or feeling threat. Animals, therapy animals have a sense that their owner needs them and when they need them and what they need. A patient that might not be able to sleep at night, insomnia patients, but be able to sleep with an animal in the bed with them. That's a therapy animal because otherwise they would not be able to sleep. Or a person that lives in a threatening neighborhood or an area that would be a dangerous situation. And that therapy provides, or that dog or animal, cat or whatever, provides some kind of sense of protection, a sense of safety, a sense of calm. See, these are what we call therapy animals. And sometimes apartment buildings want a letter from a doctor saying that this is exactly what that animal is and that the patient needs that particular animal for that particular purpose. And if a letter can be produced, apartment owners generally allow animals to be uh, living within the context of the apartment or the condominium or the living environment, whatever it might be, going to the stores or being on airplanes or on trains or buses or, and so on. So that's therapy animals. So we have a tolerance, we have an acceptance, we have an understanding of people who need animals for, who provide a work function. And we have the same kind of tolerance and understanding with people who need animals for therapy purposes. Work functions are pretty obvious. A person is blind, a person cannot hear. Therapy functions are somewhat less obvious. And sometimes it has to be explained. And sometimes a doctor's letter you know, helps for that, provides for that. Now, there's a third kind of animal that uh, falls into the same category. And that's what we call a companion animal. Now, companion animals are just a pet. They're animals that are nice to have around. <laughs> they don't have to be there. You don't have to have them. But they're kind of nice. They're kind of pleasant. They kind of provide some diversion, provide some friendship, provide some companionship at times. And uh, a companion animal is just kind of a nice thing to have. We've all had them as kids growing up. Families have animals like that in their home, teaching children the responsibility of 
seeing that the animal is fed regularly or cared for in some kind of way, teaching work responsibilities. You know, companion animals serve a function for us in an individual way. But they're not necessary. They're not required. They're good. It's nice. It provides a happiness, provides kind of a comfort level, provides a friendship level, but not necessarily. There are other ways to have companionship. There are other ways to have support. There are other ways to have companionship. There are other ways to have friendships and not rely upon an animal. That's what a therapist is, and a doctor is supposed to do. Help the patient become independent. You can be independent of other people, but also be independent of animals. So you don't have to have an animal in your life. That's the function of a companion animal. It's just not essential, it's not necessary, but it's a nice thing to have. It's a pleasant uh, experience. It just adds a little richness to life. It adds a little flavor to one's life. That's what a companion animal is all about. Now that becomes then a question. Does a doctor sign a letter, fill out a letter, that somebody has a companion animal and therefore should get uh, an extra seat on the airplane? Or can take an uh, animal on the airplane as compared to riding below in the baggage section? Or should have entrance into an apartment complex just because they have a companion animal? That's debatable. And apartments have to decide that. The doctor has to decide whether this is a work animal, a therapy animal, or a companion animal. Now, the apartment complex or the workplace or the store or the airlines or whatever has to decide whether they're going to allow work animals, therapy animals, companion animals. Any two of them or any th all three of them. So that, it's a mix. It's a, it's a coming together and to try to figure out what is necessary and what is essential for an individual to function and what is just an aid or an extra little bit of assistance to be so that you can function a little bit better. Now, there are abuses. There are an enormous amount of abuses of this. I've had that in my office. I've had patients ask me to write a letter and sign it when really it wasn't necessary for that animal to be considered a companion animal or a therapy animal or a work animal or whatever. It really wasn't clearly necessary. And sometimes you have to negotiate that. You know, maybe a companion animal is good in one situation, but not necessary in another. Nice to have a companion animal in your home if you live by yourself, if you're single, if you're a widow, or whatever it might be. You know, nice to have a companion animal. It's, it's not necessary, but it's nice. But it's not necessary to take a companion airplane ride. Doesn't You don't have to take a companion animal in the airplane. You don't have to take a companion animal to every store you go into. That's not necessary. So it's kind of opportunities at certain times when that's necessary and other times it's not particularly necessary. And that's what you have to kind of figure out and help the patient decide whether you really need that letter or not. So it's an area of considerable confusion. It's an area of uh, potential abuse. But on the other hand, Animals help life go much better and easier for a lot of people. A lot of people can function at a much higher level than they would otherwise if they had not had an animal or do not have an animal.
So we have to decide where that companion animal fits into the life of an individual, where the therapy animal fits into the life of an individual, where a work animal works into the life of an individual. So that's kind of what we have to end. Minimize abuse. If you have an animal and if you have a companion animal, you have a therapy animal and you have a letter and you have opportunity, you know, don't take extra advantage of anybody. Don't allow yourself to be the object of abusing a privilege or abusing a situation that otherwise would be unpleasant or unfortunate or not available to somebody else. Don't take advantage of a situation just so that you're for your own personal purpose. Consider other people. Consider the owner. Consider the situation. When it is, it is it really necessary? Is it really essential for your functioning? If it is, fine. If it isn't, then don't go down that road. Don't get doctor's letters when it's really not essential and not very important, and you can function well without. So. There you are. Support animals. They're part of our life, part of our culture. They're part of our uh, life of disabled individuals, as they have been for years. But we're now seeing it much, much more being utilized by people who are moderately disabled or not disabled at all, or have psychological disabilities as compared to physical disabilities. So this all has to be sorted out, and your doctor is the one to help sort that out. A therapist is the one to help sort that out. So it's either a physician or a psychologist that you turn to in these situations as to whether you really need an animal or not, and whether a letter is necessary or not, or appropriate or not. Your psychologist is probably your best bet to make that determination. So... Don't take advantage of it. Don't, don't abuse the privilege. But if you have a need, certainly exercise that need so that you can function at a much higher level than you would otherwise. Hey, nice to have you with me. Thanks for joining in. And go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. www.booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up a book, summer reading time. Pick up one to read, and um, you'll be glad you did. Bye for now.